What's going on, everyone? Welcome to today's episode. For the show today, we're talking last-minute news on the quarterback position, gearing up for the NFL draft and the combine, and we're talking about some key free agents that Washington is already planning on bringing back. It should be a good episode. Thanks for listening. Share with a friend and enjoy the show. It's never pretty, guys. Sometimes it's never good. But the truth of the matter in this game is you take them how they come. Good move by Heineke and out of bounds inside the five. Heineke with protection. Clark breaks free. Wow, what a pass. Okay, you're stuck together. You do things that you needed to do. But there are a lot of things we got to correct, a lot of things we get better at, and that's the truth. What a play. This is the Pound for Pound Podcast. Welcome in everyone to the Pound for Pound podcast. I am your host, LB. Thank you for joining me here today. Thursday, March the 3rd. Today starts the NFL Combine. Players are getting their measurements taken in, getting their medical checks in. And tomorrow uh, kicks off what is uh, the actual, you know, uh, play on the field. They're going to go through drills and they're going to, uh, you know, go through their 40 times and all that starting uh, tomorrow. So I figured this would be a perfect time to come in and just give a, a last second, you know, last minute talk on what to expect during this time. Um, you know, nowadays the combine is really lost its, its shine. You know, it's not really the event that it used to be. Uh, I feel like nowadays a player can you know, flop at the combine and still get drafted highly and still become a really good player. I think now there's a lot of it is just a spectacle, but there is still some stuff that we're going to be looking at during the combine, especially at the quarterback position, which is really what I want to focus on in today's episode. There are a lot of, you know, recent reports coming out on exactly what the Washington commanders, you know, plan is going into uh, the free agency and the draft and the combine, and there are going to be a lot of talks happening at the combine, a lot of really important stuff going on uh, that I really want to talk about. So, like I said in the intro, we're going to talk about the QB position, and uh, a take that I have that I know is not going to sit well with a lot of people, but it's just what the, the bitter truth is, and sometimes that, you know, it is what it is, and the situation we are in, we can't change it, and I want to talk about that, and then I want to talk about some key guys that Washington and Ron Rivera uh, specifically brought up some names that they really are really interested in bringing back and that the talks are going to start intensifying, I presume, here at the NFL Combine. Uh, they're going to you know meet with the agents and start get, getting some negotiation going uh, for these uh, few players because these guys are in the long-term plans, and they are key members of this team that are spe- expected to be on here for a very significant amount of time. So first and foremost, let's get into the, uh, the very first thing on the list, which is uh, the quarterback position. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to tell you right now why I think the Washington Commanders will strike out on every single, like any good option and why the fan base is going to walk away and the coaching staff is going to walk away from this, uh, you know, this offseason wanting more from the quarterback position and want, and wishing they would have walked away with some better options and 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 I just feel like at the end of you know at the end of the offseason Washington is still going to have their uh the quarterback position unanswered and you know it's it sucks to say that because I along with the entire fan base is it just wants their quarterback and wants a guy that can lead this team to the promised land and lead this lead this team to continue success but this offseason it will not happen and I'm going to tell you right now why it won't so 
two days ago, uh, I think, yeah, two days ago, a report came out that Washington had inquired to every single NFL team about a quarterback's availability. Uh, all 32 teams, they, well, 31 teams, they contacted all of them, and they have a list of 42 prospective uh, quarterbacks to dig through for this for this uh, offseason, right? And 42 guys that they think are targets, and they're going to go down the list, you know, and, and whatever one sticks, is that's what they're going to roll with. So looking at that on the surface, 42, you know, Potential options that break gets broken down into free agency, trade uh, targets, and the combine, obviously, and then more likely than not, also maybe some in-house uh, option, aka Taylor Heineke. But the forty-two players that they're targeting, there's only about a hand. There's only a handful of guys on of those forty-two that I think are real difference makers and someone that can and players that can lead this team and you know turn it around quickly and those you know we all know the names and they're and we've talked about it ad nauseum this whole offseason uh those three players or four players uh depending on it is you know Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson Deshaun Watson and potentially you know there have been other names like Derek Carr's been thrown in there Baker Mayfield but I'm gonna sit here and tell you right now that a lot of those guys are not gonna come here and after missing out last year on Matthew Stafford you know you can sense the desperation in not only the fan base, but in Ron Rivera's, you know, you know, interviews and stuff. They missed out on Matthew Stafford, and Matthew Stafford just won the Super Bowl with the LA Rams. So I think that the desperation is starting to, you know, sit in on Ron Rivera, and they're gonna do whatever it takes to get someone. And he has been going on and telling everyone that has a set of ears that they're looking to upgrade the quarterback position. And me personally, I would have went about it a different way trying to play you know play my cards close to the chest but Ron Vera is, is is being very honest and that's just the kind of person he is that the that they need more from the quarterback position and it's not really uh you know to down Taylor Heineke but it's just the the truth that Taylor Heineke is just a really good backup and nothing more nothing less and they need to get somebody some more people in there they're going to add to the quarterback position regardless and I want to talk about like I said we're going to I'm going to bring up some names right now very first name I want to talk about, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has still not made a decision yet on whether or not to return to Green Bay or not. But there was a report that Aaron Rodgers is already in talks with Green Bay about an extension. Should he return to Green Bay, he wouldn't want to play on a one-year deal. He'd want to play on a long-term deal. and Maybe not even long-term, but maybe a, t- a three- to five-year deal. And that's what they're probably working towards, considering his age and stuff. But... With that report coming out, I think Aaron Rodgers is off the table. I don't see a way where he leaves Green Bay, and let alone if he was to uh, continue to play and not retire, I don't think Green Bay is looking to you know send him off to an another team, especially in the NFC Conference. Uh, and that brings me next to the next option, which would be Russell Wilson. See, the thing with Russell Wilson is that Russell Wilson has all the leverage, and he gets to choose where he wants to go. And if Seattle wants to you know move on from him and jumpstart this rebuild, I think that Russell Wilson could be a possibility, but it's just it's 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 all in what where Russell Wilson wants to go and in his mind does he think that he can if if Seattle, you know, they approach him and say this is our plan for the offseason, uh we're gonna do this and do you know these moves and it's gonna really put us into the next to the next level in comp- being able to compete 
um, not only for uh, the division, but you know, make deep playoff runs, and that's what Russell Wilson wants. Wilson is not at the point of his career where he wants to sit through rebuilds and stuff. So, if Seattle comes at him with that with that approach, saying that they're gonna do everything in their power to compete, and you know, Pete Carroll is coming back, Pete Carroll is not gonna sit through a, a rebuild. You know, he's getting up there in age. Pete Carroll wants to win now, and that's exactly what Russell Wilson wants. I think that he believes that Seattle is the best place for him to win, and that's why I do not think we're going to get Russell Wilson either. Next option, the biggest option, the 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 option, the biggest wild card in my opinion is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has the ability to take a team, middle of the pack team, just like us, just like what, with what Tom Brady did last year with uh, the the Buccaneers the last two seasons. Just like what Matthew Stafford just did with uh, with uh, uh, the Rams, if you can insert Deshaun Watson into uh, a team with any sort of roster, that team is going to compete for compete in the playoffs and make deep playoff runs and potentially play for the Super Bowl. And that's just the caliber player that Deshaun Watson is. Now the problem with t- targeting Deshaun Watson is we don't necessarily know what the legal situation is with Deshaun Watson yet because the NFL hasn't been forced to step in and make a decision yet on him. Uh, the Texans and, and Deshaun Watson have decided that he's not going to play uh, until the legal situation gets figured out. And that's why the NFL really hasn't made a, a decision on whether or not they're going to suspend him for a certain amount of games. You know, they're just kind of letting it play out because the Texans and, and Deshaun Watson are handling it on their own. So I think that the second that Deshaun Watson gets traded to another team, that's when the NFL is going to jump in and, and make the, and make a, Make a make a decision on whether or not they're going to suspend him or not, or let him play. Um, I think right now the likely scenario is that Deshaun Watson gets traded to a team, and then the NFL steps in, makes a decision. But who the team that does trade for him is going to be in talks with the NFL has to be in talks. There's no way that they're going to this blind. They have to know exactly how long Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended, if he's suspended at all, and whether or not there are going to be other repercussions. Uh, for a team that does decide to uh, acquire Deshaun Watson with the Texans, and the Texans have made it, you know, clear that they're not going to step down from their asking price of three first-round picks. It's very steep, but for the player that Deshaun Watson is, I think any team willing to make that jump will make that trade. And I, I wish it would be honestly, I wish it would be us. Um, Deshaun Watson, unlike uh, Wilson and uh, Rogers, has. 10 more years in him, you know what I mean? 10 more years of high-quality football in him, whereas, uh, you know, Rodgers has maybe two years, three years maybe, and then uh, Wilson has maybe five years left. You know, that's just, you know, me guessing. So I think that Watson is the biggest wild card. Now, this is the problem. I, I say that, and there, there are so many teams that want him. You know, he's even said that he would want to go play for the Vikings, you know. I think that Washington as a as a destination is not fitting for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson right now is currently under investigation for uh, you know sexual misconduct, you know, sexual allegations against him and Washington is not necessarily the safe place to you where you can go to you know create a new identity for yourself and and fix what what the media and you know fans think about you. Washington has their own sexual allegations that they're fighting in every single week. Their owner is fighting one on, on right now as we speak. And we all know the extensive history of sexual uh, assault. I mean, not sexual assault, uh, um, 
sexual misconduct in our work in the workplace of the Washington Commanders. So I just don't think that Watson, if, you know, and if if it's me, right, and I'm somebody in Deshaun Watson's ca- camp, you know, I'm one of his representatives. I'm close with him. I'm I'm in his ear telling him Washington is not where you want to be. Washington is not a good place where you can go and and switch the narrative on on who you are as a person. They're having their own situation. They have their own problems. You going over there will not be a good look, not only for yourself, but for them as well. So I just think that the, the likelihood is that Watson won't get traded to us. He'd probably go to a team that that has their stuff together and there, there's no sexual allegations and, and, and investigations going on within the front office already. And I just think that Watson is not does not want to have to deal with that and get put into a situation where he's in that same boat i don't know if that made any sense but i think i know you know what i mean so those three big names off the list then it, it, we come down to you know the the b tier you know trade market uh, kind of situation and the two names that i have here are jimmy garoppolo and carson wentz so with jimmy garoppolo there's word that he's going to get cut and that he is you know going to be a free agent um if there are no trade partners, which I don't see a team going out to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. See, Jimmy Garoppolo has an enormous cap hit, and a team that trades for him is going to have to take on that cap hit. And I think that any smart team will just wait for the 49ers to cut him and, you know, then sign him in free agency so that way they don't have to pay him that in, in, in you know, that expensive contract that he's owed. There are also reports that Jimmy Garoppolo could not even be on the move, and he could stay in stay in san francisco again another season and that trey lance is maybe not as ready as people think he is i don't buy it and i think and i think that the 49ers want to get trey lance in there as soon as possible because they know that the only way he's going to learn is with experience and if he is anything of the prospect that we think he can be trey lance needs to be getting reps and that way even if they take a step back this season they think that the ceiling of of Trey Lance leading this team is higher than Jimmy Garoppolo leading this team. They could not get over the hump with Jimmy Garoppolo, even though they had elite rosters and elite defenses, surrounded him by a plethora of weapons and and uh, and supported him with a run game. Jimmy Garoppolo could not get over the hump, and I think that if they can take us, if they can put insert Trey Lance, more likely than not, they're going to take a they're going to be a way better team in the future, even if it means taking a step back during next season. So where does that leave us? I I do not want any parts of Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's the thing. Jimmy Garoppolo right now has been surrounded, like I just said, by elite rosters, top to bottom, elite rosters, elite defense, elite run game. And Kyle Shanahan and company know what they're doing in San Francisco. Those, those guys know how to coach. And Jimmy Garoppolo was just there managing the offense and he couldn't make the big time plays and that's the reason why they could never go over the hump here in washington i do not think our roster compares to what the 49ers have you know just defensively in terms of the run game in terms of their weapons on the outside um i just think that a trading for jimmy garoppolo and for like for the names i'm about to give you as well is just a, a step in the is a lateral move and it it's not going to be the jump that we want. And then you can make the argument, how big of a jump do we need? You know, is Jimmy Garoppolo, how much better is he than Taylor Heineke? We just went, you know, seven and, and seven and 10 with Taylor Heineke. Could, could Jimmy Garoppolo come in and give us 
three more wins. And I just think that 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 it just won't be likely because one, I don't think our our, our like I said our roster is as equal to the 49ers as as we might think. And you know, Ron Rivera seems to love this roster, but I think there are still so many positions where we can make massive upgrades at. So I just think that you know giving up anything substantial for Jimmy Garoppolo would be a huge mistake. And the only way I would see it, see us trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo is through if he gets cut and we sign him in free agency to a short-term deal or something like that. And even then, you know, if we sign him, we got to support him. But I just don't want us to go into a lot, make a lateral move and then be stuck with a guy who just can't make the next step. And that will, then that leads me to Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz, we all know what just what happened at the end of the season last year. They needed to beat the Jaguars to make the playoffs, and Carson Wentz folded like a lawn chair and completely dropped the bag and cost them the game and cost them the playoff run. Carson Wentz had an up and down season. At times, he he made all the throws, and then under times at other times he was missing games because he didn't want to get vaccinated, causing problems in the locker room. It was a big mess, and if Carson Wentz was to be cut, because I don't see same thing with. With Wentz, I don't see a way a team trades for him at all. That he he costs way too much, and I think it will speak enormous volume if the Indianapolis Colts decide to move on from Carson Wentz. Frank Reich, the guru behind Carson Wentz MVP type season, if he gives up on Carson Wentz one season in after giving up what they gave up and taking a massive cap hit, it will speak volumes on who Carson Wentz is as a player, who he is as a leader. There's I don't want Carson Wentz near this team with a with a ten foot pole. I don't even want him in the city of you know, I don't want him in the state of Maryland. And he he is not a, a good leader. And every single time that Carson Wentz uh, you know experiences some sort of uh, you know setback or meets some adversity, he folds. And I just I just do not want someone with that toxic leadership in the locker room. As it's been, as it's taken two, three seasons for us to even try to change what our culture is and to get people to buy into what Ron Rivera is trying to establish here in Washington. So I just don't think Carson Wentz is a viable option at all. I'd I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over Carson Wentz, and and that's just the facts. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I I I, uh, I haven't heard anything less. He sounds like a great teammate, a good leader, and Carson Wentz is everything but. So I'm just saying, like, think about it. The, the Colts gave up first-round picks, gave up draft capital, gave up so much to get Carson Wentz in there because Frank Reich, their head coach, loves just loves Carson Wentz. And if they were to cut him after one season, I just think it speaks volume as who he, who he is as a leader and a player. Because the talent is there. It's just the, the, leadership, the leadership qualities and the ability to face adversity. Um, I just don't think that he possesses good qualities to be a, a leader for this for this team because the we need what we need is a leader and someone that can you know take us to the next level and i don't think carson wants can do that then we go into the free agents okay so that's get we're two uh trade possibilities or free agents if they get cut and now these are true free agents so now these are the names Jameis winston marcus mariota and mitchell trubisky now the problem with these guys is that they aren't inspiring um they aren't inspiring changes to our quarterback room. You look at Jameis Winston, who was playing some really good football in New Orleans uh, with Sean Payne and, and the weapons that they have. He was playing well before his injury. And look, we saw it firsthand. They beat us. You know, week five, they beat us. And Jameis Winston played well in that game. 
the problem is that Jameis Winston is coming off an injury right now. He's 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 been recovering for a while now, and he should be ready to go. But I just don't see a way that he leaves New Orleans. He he's there. He's there, and he knows the system. And I don't think that New Orleans is going to want to let him leave the building. And I think they're going to make it a priority to to sign him because they know that this quarterback group, that the, the the draft, the free agents, the trade market is not enticing at all. There's the the QB position this offseason is. You don't. This is not a good. This is not the off season to be needing a quarterback. So I think like a team like the Saints are going to bring back Jameis Winston. Then, then I look at a team like uh, the Browns who, who, who know they don't know if Baker Mayfield is the guy or not. But they know that if they get rid of him, they're going to be stuck with someone that's way worse, and then they're going to have to start from scratch. And that's why they're not going to get rid of um, Baker Mayfield because they know that the next option is not going to be as good as he is. Then a team like. Uh, the, for example, the Giants, uh, and obviously this can change because you know the they can say whatever they want to say now, but then if somebody comes into the lap, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pounce. But the Giants with Daniel Jones, they don't want to get rid of him. They want to give him a shot because they know that he's better than whatever is out there in free agency, in the trade market, end of the draft. That's just my opinion. So I just think that Jameis Winston is gonna stick stay with New Orleans. Marcus Mariota. Speaking of injury, Marcus Mariota cannot stay healthy. He's he wasn't in lot in with the Raiders right now in Las Vegas, and as the backup to Derek Carr, and he saw some playing time, but he got injured. Even though he wasn't even a starter, he got injured during practice, and he's he's just not someone that can stay healthy. And I don't see a way that Washington can go out and acquire a Marcus Mariota and then feel confident in you know in him being the starter because. I think that if they were to get one of these guys, uh, Garoppolo, Wentz, Winston, Mariota, Trubisky, any of these B-tier quarterbacks, in, in, th- that they're also going to pair them with Taylor Heineke and a rookie quarterback that they get in the draft. Um, but before we get into the draft, there's one last person that I want to bring up that's been talked about a lot recently, and I'm seeing this go all over Twitter and all over Instagram. Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky just sat behind Josh Allen in Buffalo for a, for a season after the Bears cut ties with him and he couldn't find a starting job. Here's the thing with Mitchell Trubisky. You can try to, you know, say, you know, he went to the playoffs twice. He led this Bears team. He had Matt Nagy as his coach. Like, you know, against all that, he still found a way to make the playoffs and, you know, lead the Bears to winning records. But I think we know what Mitchell Trubisky is. And, Although he does have some upside because he's still a young player and hopefully, you know, him going to Buffalo, sitting behind Josh Allen and the players in Buffalo speak highly of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Jordan Poyer just said that Mitchell Trubisky doesn't should be a starter on half the teams in the league. You know, he doesn't deserve to be doing scout teamwork. And I, I think that that that's true. You know, Mitchell Trubisky is not as bad as people think, but I think he's on the level of someone like a Jared Goff or something where he he's. He's not going to take you to the next level. And this is why I'm saying that Washington is going to walk away from this free agency wanting more, wishing they they could get somebody else. But if they do settle for someone like Mitchell Trubisky, I think out of the entire crop that I just named, Garoppolo, Wentz, Winston, Mariota, I think Trubisky presents the highest upside and, and potentially the ability to be a starter for a serviceable starter and have like a Ryan Tannehill type um, resurgence. But... What does that mean, though? It means that you're not going to be able to, you know, win. And the Titans have tried. They surround Ryan Tannehill with a plethora of weapons. The best, one of the best running games in the league, and and a really good head coach in Mike Vrabel. And they just, and then, uh, sorry, 
they have a really good head coach in Mike Vrabel, and Ryan Tannehill still cannot make the plays that are needed to win big games. So I think that Trubisky can have a type of uh, season like Ryan Tannehill and a Ryan Tannehill type resurgence, but I just I just think that that will be the only option that I would be like, okay, I'm fine with that. Let's get a rookie and have him learn and see what Mitchell Trubisky has with Taylor Heineke backing him up and the rookie sitting on the bench learning. That's what I think. Now, going into the draft, and I think the only way that we can sit and actually you know, want somebody from the draft is if we get them in the second round. And that's something that we keep uh, saying that we want to do is draft a QB in the second round and not in the first. So I think that we're in a position right now that none of these quarterbacks in the, in the draft should be, you know, on our must draft at 11, you know, kind of situation. I think we should let the board play out how it does. And if a player like, uh, you know, Pickett or Malik Willis land to us at 11, I think then you can pull the trigger. But even then, I wouldn't be opposed to us drafting the best player available at 11 because we can use the best player available at literally every position, maybe except defensive line. If the best player is an offensive lineman, I'll be okay with that. If it's a wide receiver, I'll be okay with that. If it's a middle linebacker, which we desperately need, I'll be okay with that. If it's a, a free safety, I'll be okay with that. If it's a corner, I'd be okay with that. Literally, whatever it is, if it's the best player and he's a and he's a and a, a, a high level prospect, I'll be happy with it. And then in turn, taking one of these quarterbacks in the second round, uh, Sam Howell, uh, um, Matt Corral. Malik Willis, if he's still there, you know, one of these guys that are still there and turn around, even like a Desmond Ritter, if we can get him in the second round, I think that that would be a safe bet because we don't have so much draft capital invested into him when we when we could have gotten an elite prospect in the first round if, if we take him in the first round. So I just think that the, 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 the QB class is not is not inspiring as in years past. And Ron Rivera seems to know that, too, because he said it time and time again, you don't have to draft a QB in the first round. He's been saying it. For the past month, you don't need to take a QB in the first round. You can get one in the second round. There are good quarterbacks still left in the second round. But here's the thing, though. Me, personally, I'm a fan of the first-round pick rookie contracts where players uh, get five years, you know, four years with the fifth-year option if they're in the first round. So I would, I would, I would prefer us to do if we cannot land one of the big names. And that's, this is what this is all emphasized. Because if we get one of the big names... We will not draft a rookie quarterback. If we get one of the B-tier guys, Winston, Mariota, Wentz, Garoppolo, or Trubisky, then we need to draft a rookie, 100%. And I think that it would be smart if we draft in the first round, draft the best player, you know, whether that be a linebacker or free safety or whatever, and then jump back into the back end of the first, first round, you know, pick 30, 31, 32, and get one of the quarterbacks so that way we can have them under contract because if they turn out to be a stud we'll be able to have them under a four-year contract where we're paying them dirt cheap and we get a fifth-year option so potentially five years of a bargain deal quarterback instead of you know the four years that it would be if he was a second round pick which is what i think it is um so i just i just this is all for the contract so if we have to jump back into the first round give up a second round pick you know in 2023 I'll be fine with that as long as that means that the quarterback can get another year to learn if we need to. Because the first year, he will spend on the bench. For sure, he will be on the bench. And that means we lost a year already. So then we'd be stuck with, and this is if we draft him in the second round, we'd be stuck with three 
years left of control of him. Whereas if he was a first round pick, we'd have four more years if he sits the entire first season. So, so I said all of that to say this. The Washington Commanders are staring into an abyss of the quarterback position. And there does not seem to be the right option. You know, every one of these quarterbacks comes with some negatives. And a lot of the time, the negatives way outweigh the positive. And I think the only quarterback that, that you can look at and say that they don't come with any negatives is probably Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at giving up a lot of capital, and he's only going to play for two, three years. Russell Wilson, I think you give up a lot, but you you have control of him for five for five seasons. You know what I mean? So I think Wilson is the safest option in terms of giving up a substantial amount of uh, draft capital and players to get get him. Whereas Deshaun Watson, we don't even know if we'll be able to play if we trade for him. So I think that that more likely than not, we're going to walk away from this free agency wishing that we could have gotten one of the big names, but we're going to be stuck with Winston or Trubisky or something. Taylor Heineke backing him up and a rookie that we draft back into the first round or in the second round as the third string quarterback learning and just hoping that he can develop into a, a mid-tier quarterback at best. And like I said, this is not the offseason to need a quarterback. And we swung out, we swung and missed on Matthew Stafford last year. And it's, it's coming back to haunt us right now. I also want to talk about what Ron Rivera said at the Combine yesterday. Uh, someone asked him, you know, what is too much to give up for a quarterback? And Ron Rivera, like I said, he's a very honest person. He went on this entire spiel on how the price no, like no one's gonna remember what the price is that you gave up until when you guys win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? He brought up Matthew Stafford and the Rams and how no one cares about what they gave up to get Stafford, but that Stafford won them a Super Bowl. And I think that Ron Rivera is really letting letting everyone know that they're gonna target a quarterback as much as they can. I just think they're gonna walk away wishing that they could have got someone else, um, and the fan base is gonna wish the exact same thing too. So it's very unfortunate. Um, the situation that we're in, but it is what it is. And whoever they bring in, I'm going to support them and their family now. So transitioning now, we just talked about the quarterback position. Uh, a few more things I want to talk about on today's episode. Like I said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I want to talk about some guys they want to bring back. So a couple, uh, like last week, a report came out that Ron Rivera is bringing up Terry McLaurin, Deron Payne, and how they are making tremendous effort into re-signing them long-term. This is massive news. And Terry McLaurin is set to be a free agent after this season. And so is Deron Payne. They, the, especially Terry McLaurin. Pay the man what he wants. And these these talks are going to take a while, too. These They're not going to get re-signed in the next couple weeks. It, don't be surprised if we're seeing, you know, May and June and the deal still has not been done. Has not been done. Don't get nervous. Terry McLaurin will be here long-term. Deron Payne, on the other hand, we all know the situation that happened last season during the Cowboys game. He got into a fight with Jonathan Allen. I think that Deron Payne is someone that they really want to bring back, like Coach Rivera said, but is Deron Payne's heart here in Washington? You know what I mean? Um, Does he want to be here long-term? And do we want to sign him long-term? We have a lot of investment into the defensive line, as we all know. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne now, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and even um, Matt, Matthew Ioannidis. Adena- Matt 
Okay, Matt Ioannidis has already signed an extension. He should be a free agent after next season. Uh, Jonathan Allen, we all know, got extended this season. They're, then they're going to go in turn and then extend Deron Payne, apparently. And then they're going to have to pay Montez Sweat um, and Chase Young. I think it's just going to be too much money invested into the defensive line position. So I think that uh, in terms of re-signing, Terry McLaurin takes priority. And because he's all we have at the wide receiver position right now. He's literally all we have. Deron Payne, however, I think we can, you know, uh, take the blow of losing him because we have um, depth that we can resign. So me personally, I'm a fan of, and I this is what I want to do, is if Deron Payne asks for too much money and he, we can't get a deal done where it makes financial sense that we have enough money to be able to pay Montessori and Chase Young, then let him walk and... Or even trade him, use him as a trade piece because he has one year of control. Let him go, or trade him, and then sign Tim Settle back, and you know just move on. You know, keep it pushing. Tim Settle and Jonathan Allen in the middle with Matt Ioannidis rotating in, and I don't think we'll skip that much of a beat. That's just me personally, um, but I do know that you know Coach Rivera loves Deron Payne, and they want to keep this defensive line intact as long as possible. Um, and then that brings me up to Montez Sweat, who also the report came out today that uh, the, the commanders will exercise Jonathan. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, that the Washington commanders will exercise Montez Sweat's fifth year option and he will not hit free agency until uh, after next season. So he won't be a free agent this year or next year. So two seasons from now, I think that that makes sense. Um so that that's huge news, and the, all that. But all that does is just push back, push back the time where we have to sign Montez Sweat. So I think them picking up the fifth year option opens the door for signing a uh, drawn pain to maybe a two to three year deal, just so that we don't have so much money tied up to him when it comes time to pay Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Because I think that that should take precedence. I think Montez Sweat and Chase Young should take should take priority over signing Deron Payne and keeping the defensive tackles together since we all, we all saw the season that Jonathan Allen turned in. Jonathan Allen was a walking machine. He was going crazy this season, and he was the best defensive lineman we have, and I think that Montez Sweat and Chase Young should come as priority after that. Um, I just don't think that Deron Payne is the player that we expected him to be when we drafted him, and I, and I don't want to go down this hole, but there were better players on the draft board when we picked Deron Payne and we didn't pick them and we picked Payne. So I just think that, you know, letting Payne go might be a, the better financial option, but I can see why that they want to bring him back. And they're going to exercise the fifth-year option on Montez Sweat. So this defensive line is going to stick together what, for what I think to be, you know, a, a, a long time. And that's what we all want. We invested so much into the position. It needs to stick together and be able to produce. And hopefully next season, that can be the case, with especially with Chase Young coming back and hopefully Montez Sweat coming back after the the tragedy that he you know sustained during the season. You know he broke his jaw and then his brother was killed. A lot of a lot of sad news going around, especially with Montez Sweat personally. You just gotta hope that he can you know step up, step up, step up again and be able to refocus his back onto football, even though there's so much stuff going on in his life right now. Um, let me see if there's anything else I want to talk about before we, we roll up out of here. Um, I don't think so. I think this is it. Um, but yeah, look, it's going to be an interesting off season. I just wanted to come on and, and, and tell you guys what the situation is and why I think we're going to walk away from this free agency in this off season, 
hoping for more and wishing we were able to get someone better. But I just don't think that's going to be the case this year. And I think we're going to, you know, be a middle, t- middle, mid-tier team again if we can't acquire one of the big names. Ron Rivera is determined to get somebody. I think the front office is willing to give up what it takes. But will a team be willing to work with us? I think that's the biggest, biggest question. Will a team want to work with us? Will Deshaun Watson want to come to D.C.? Will Aaron Rodgers leave Green Bay? Does Russell Wilson want out of Seattle? And will them will the Seahawks trade him to an NFC team? Will Jimmy Garoppolo hit free agency? Will Carson Wentz get cut? I think the only way that we go after Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz is if they get cut and we can pay them pennies. And that means we're not, you know, the upside is there and then we're not, you know, there's not, you know, we don't have a lot of investment into them financially or with, you know, drive capital. Um, so I think that, you know, we're taking all the risk, but there's no, there's there's not a lot of risk. I mean, we take, we get all the benefit, but not a lot of risk is what I meant to say. If we get a Garoppolo or Wentz in free agency, uh, same thing with uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I think Mitchell Trubisky is the best B tier option for us. Um, he started, he started in this league and he said he had a, t- a chance to, you know, sit in a good coaching staff with, um, um, Josh Allen in the quarterback room, and hopefully that you know some of that through osmosis, you know you know he could absorb some of that. So, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, it's the first episode as as the Commanders, as the Washington Commanders. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Share with a friend, rock with your boy. Do me a favor, and, you know, turn the bell on, get notified when I upload. Share with a friend. My podcast is on Spotify. My podcast is on Apple Podcasts. It's on Anchor. It's on anywhere you can find podcasts. It will be there. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. You guys have a blessed one. And be safe. It's never pretty, guys. Sometimes it's never good. But the truth of the matter in this game is you take them how they come. Good move by Heineke and out of bounds inside the five. Heineke with protection. Lauren breaks free. Wow, what a pass. Okay, you're stuck together. You do things that you needed to do. But there are a lot of things we got to correct, a lot of things we get better at, and that's the truth. What a play. This is the Pound for Pound podcast.